Hello and welcome. I'm Jonathan Beale, and this is the ASB Investment Podcast, a show that keeps you up to date on the market and helps you make smart choices with your investments. With Auckland back in alert level three and the rest of the country at level two, Chris Tennant Brown and I talk about what this means to the New Zealand market and offshore investments. We also look at how the Reserve Bank and government responded to this. These are entirely our own views. It's not investment advice, but we know plenty of experts at ASB that will be happy to chat if you need. Hey, welcome, Chris. Um, here we are again, uh, separated due to level three lockdown. I never thought this would um, come back. I'm forever the optimist, but here we are back in level three. How are you, how are you feeling about it? Yeah, I thought that the next time we did a recording, we would be um, back in the studio, but here we are back in our um, home offices. But anyway, at least the weather's uh, nice and uh, had a bit of a deja vu feeling for me. I'm reacquainting myself with the same uh, walkers that I met back in April. <laughs> yeah, I was just, it was only like two weeks ago. We were in Wellington together and flying, lots of people, uh, had like sort of 100, 100 customers at a seminar, all asking questions about markets and interest rates. And we thought, oh, this is, we're back to normal. And here we are. It's just crazy. I'm, I'm back sitting on my wooden stool downstairs. Um, with the cat annoying me, and now we've got a trainee puppy guide dog as well to contend with. So it's uh, it's this bedlam here, but we'll we'll kick on and um, talk a little bit about what's what level three means and sort of what maybe response we're going to get from um, the government and the and the Reserve Bank. But we might sort of start with level three, Chris. Um, the economy was seemed to be picking up, and now we've hit level three. Is it going to really derail us and put us back a lot? Or what's your view on that? It's, it's really interesting because uh, back in back in March we we had pretty pessimistic forecasts and we thought that hopefully we would get back to level two uh, and be there for a very long time. So we had the pleasant task of improving our forecasts because we were just doing such a good job at getting to alert level one so quick, and and now here we are. Um, going back into um, various levels of lockdown. It looks like this will be the case for a while. So it just drags us back towards um, those slightly more cautious forecasts we have. But I still think um, the economic uh, outlook should end up better than what we were thinking back in in March, even though we've got this um, hiccup along the way. To me, it's a question of of how many things, uh, and I'm thinking about businesses here, are safe to to reopen or to continue to be open, um, rather than that uh, alert level four we're in, where only ne- necessary um, businesses were open. So that's the that's the important bit to pan out over the next month or two, I think, um, which softens the blow economically if it's done well. And why why did you think we were coming out of it faster than? Um than you expected for the economy. What were some of the key key drivers? Well, we were just we were just able to open up so much because the, the first time around, you know, we just got containment so so quickly and could get back to alert level one, which I uh, I called it an earlier podcast the ninety five percent economy, where pretty much everything was back to normal, apart from that very important five percent, which was the um, the tourist sector. Or the international tourists and uh, and international education, and so um, 
we just got there so much quicker than what we expected. And uh, now uh, now we have to wait and see uh, whether we we get back to to that sort of level again over the next uh, over the next months. Or, or whether we have to have a higher level of um, of restrictions on us to uh, to get the best uh, outcomes. So that's what it'll pan out over the next uh, while. Um, I think we're still we're st- every, everyone is clearly really disappointed, um, but we're still in a completely different place than uh, other parts of the uh, the world in terms of doing well. But um, there's a lot of uncertainty at the moment for uh, for New Zealanders and. It's certainly different. Yeah, it is different here. And we've said for a while that um, the, you know, a lot of the bad data will come in the uh, fourth quarter of this year. That's when we think the unemployment rate will, will peak. And uh, I think what we're seeing at the moment beyond this recent outbreak is that things like the opening up the tourism sector, opening up the borders are just going to be much harder than um, than perhaps what would optimistically hope. So things like a, um, a Pacific Island bubble or an Australian travel bubble and those sorts of things just look further away to me. So we, um, we're gonna, I, I think we're going to be stuck with that 95% economy for, for longer than, um, than, than what, we'd, what we'd hope. So that's, that's what I'm interested in at the, at the moment. The um, if I reflect back on sort of the last time we were locked down and the whole sort of the whole world was going through it at the same time and you know major cities just shut and sort of we saw you know share markets react quite uh, uh, you know really quickly uh, uh, downward um, through that period and we've not we've, this is very different now this is more of a New Zealand issue rather than a global issue we've we've not seen the same anything like any uh, the same as we saw last time have we. That's right, and there's a couple of things there. Uh, firstly, uh, nothing much is changing off, offshore. This is this is about uh, about us, and um, we did see the New Zealand share market dip a little bit on the on the open, um, you know, once that once this news came out. But it's still only uh, it was down a, a percent and a half. It was up a little bit uh, the, the subsequent day. So the market here is still knocking around, uh, all time highs. And we haven't seen, uh, the widespread panic in, in, in markets, uh, that we, that we saw back in March. You know, there was a lot of financial strain on the, on the system back then. And of course, the big difference now, uh, when all of this stuff is happening is we've got those amazing, um, Amazingly big central bank um, quantitative easing plans in place. This is their bond buying. There's a huge amount of liquidity in the financial system, so that's why we're not seeing the the, the big the big strains we've seen in the in the past. And uh, so for for portfolios, uh, people are are quite surprised with how how well they've held up uh, over recent months. And uh, and and this uh, this this latest bout's continuing. We're seeing the. Uh, the real benefits of being diversified when when New Zealand's doing something a little bit out of sync with the with the rest of the world at the moment. Yeah, and I suppose most people in a in a portfolio sense or diversified probably got more money in a international equities than they have in um, in New Zealand and, and Australia. So, and that's been just sort of powering away, even though cases of Corona um, keep to keep continuing. Share markets keep just repeating what they've done the week before. It's quite incredible, really, isn't it? 
Yeah, and and within those share markets, one of the things which is which is interesting and and makes sense. It's not like all stocks are doing well, but in in America we're in reporting season now, and and the the tech stocks, the 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 real big ones, um, your, your Facebooks, uh, Amazon. Um, Microsoft, etc. The companies that are making this technology that's allowing us to live at home and make these changes have gone incredibly, incredibly well. And other companies have have uh, have have been struggling a little bit, as as you'd imagine. And here, we're one of the best performing stocks is um, Fisher and Paykel uh, Healthcare, which is obviously making um, equipment that's used in this situation. So some of the story between that sh- about that share market strength relates to the pandemic itself, and likewise some of the weakness um, in the in the airlines etc. relate to the pandemic too. But overall, um, markets are uh, markets have, have have recovered completely in the US and here really from the March downturn. And the common backdrop for them both is these incredibly low interest rates, which is also um, supporting shares. We'll probably come on to uh, interest rates in a second, but the government response, what, what are, you, are you expecting the government to have to step in again now because we're at level three and, and continue to throw some money? Yeah, the big, the big question I think that's been around for a long time is what's the plan when the, when the, subsidies come to an end. So um, we're going to get into that period now and it's a pity that the election's right in the middle of it in some ways um, because that's the clear thing that needs to be planned out now, particularly when we've got a situation like this. Um, what's realistic to plan for supporting the uh, the tourism sector in particular, um, but the aspects of the service sector that can't get back to work and I think also that this is where the government needs to be fairly pragmatic and instead of focusing on what's necessary to do, focus on what's safe to do. And a, and a, and a good example uh, of that is the construction sector. Uh, that's an awful lot of people that if you if you shut that down, um, it's hundreds of thousands of people that, that you need support um, who could be working with the right safety measures uh, safely and being productive. So there's a lot of decisions for the government to make if if we're going into a uh, into a second wave here. So uh, I, I hope they make them pragmatically, but essentially the government's going to be uh, tapping further into those unallocated funds from the from the budget. Recall they had um, about twenty billion that they expected to spend uh, that wasn't allocated. Um, this is this is where that money's going to get spent. I I suspect. And and then the Reserve Bank, uh, they've got some obviously some levers they can pull. Do you think they'll start having to do something slightly different? Or I do. The Reserve the Reserve Bank's done a great job of uh, of lowering interest rates in the economy, uh, and and that's evidenced by record low mortgages. You can borrow at two point two point five two point six percent these days. Uh, so their uh, their OCR cuts and their um, and their quantitative easing, this government bond buying, has driven down government bond yields, and it's uh, flowed through to retail rates. Um, but they still want to see more. They'd like to see lower rates. They'd like to see these lower rates flowing through to business lending as well, and they're prepared to act. So this week they they really I felt spelt it out uh, pretty clearly. That they that they have a, uh, a suite of tools. They expect to use them um, together, depending on the circumstances and how the economy tracks. But I don't think we can rule out um, a negative official cash rate. 
um, a term funding facility where the reserve bank's directly funding into the banks to try and get them to uh, have more cheap money that they can uh, lend out. And uh, that, that they already increased that size of that quantitative easing program. So they've lifted the lid on how many government bonds they can buy. So uh, they're, um, they're prepared to pull out all the stops. Uh, I don't think we'll see any changes on that cash rate until next year because the Reserve Bank made that verbal commitment and uh, back in March to keep the OCR at a quarter of a percent. Uh, but they're definitely getting um, the banking sector prepared for the possibility that they take the cash rate even even lower. So that's uh, that has implications for term deposits and for mortgage rates over the next year or two. And you mentioned negative interest rates. I remember uh, a while back when a previous podcast, I think we had, um, I think it was like BlackRock or it might have been Vanguard, and we were talking about negative interest rates around the world and, and some examples. And well, I think you were quite sort of, yeah, we might get there, but it's, a, it's going to be a long way off. Um, but in, in my conversations with you, you seem to be a little bit more certain that this is something that they will use, maybe not straight away, but um, later on. Uh, just explain a little bit of your thinking of um, why and uh, um, uh, negative interest rates are possibly going to be used or likely to be used. Yeah, I, I th- that's a good question. And, and, and one of the things is, I, 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 as an economist, we get used to this idea of talking about what we think uh, a central bank should do, uh, but likewise, we need to actually talk with our customers about what we think they will do. And, and the jury is out on negative uh, cash rates. Um, the Reserve Bank of Australia and the Fed in the US uh, seem pretty keen not to take uh, their official cash rate negative. Um, it does have some consequences, but we see it in Europe and in Japan where they've where they've got it. I like the uh, Australian. Um, they've got this term funding facility where banks can borrow from the Reserve Bank uh, at the official cash rate for three years. So that's incredibly cheap funding, which they can in turn um, lend out into the into the economy, and they don't need a negative official cash rate to to do that. And that does lower borrowing costs for the bank, and in turn. The rates that they can lend at, so I uh, I think that that strategy works, um, but the Reserve Bank wants to have all its tools on option and and really did talk about how they can all work well together. So uh, I think what they ultimately want to see is bank funding costs get lower, um, and by having a negative official cash rate, it will put downward pressure on um, term deposits. We don't expect they'll go negative, um, but they will get they will get lower and lower. In Japan, for example, term deposits still get a, uh, a positive interest rate, but it's pretty close to zero. And the Bank of Japan has a negative um, equivalent of the official cash rate. So I think we've got to prepare for anything next year. Um, and uh, the, the pressure's downwards on those term deposit rates for sure. So that's important for investors. And uh, but it's also down on business borrowing costs is what the Reserve Bank would like to see, which is good news for businesses. Um, you know, most businesses carry some debt, and uh, I think they can have uh, reasonable confidence that borrowing costs for good businesses are going to uh, going to be pretty low over the years ahead. That's what the Reserve Bank uh, wants to see, and that that was a pretty clear message for me this week from the Reserve Bank's commentary. It's really interesting, hey, how the sort of the whole sort of dynamics has flipped. It used to, you know. Focus used to be on share markets and share markets falling, and oh, it's a bit it's risky and all those you know all those sort of things you hear all the time. But actually, now it seems to be um, interest rates is the is the most topical thing, and you know we've seen interest rates over the last many years just go 
one way, but now we're sort of, you know, talking about, you know, term deposits maybe below, you know, below one. That's just mm-hmm. be really heart wrenching for a lot of people, isn't it? And just how, but it's just sort of, it just sort of snuck up on us, isn't it? Really, it's um, it's uh, completely yeah. what we were talking about before. It, it's 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 got much lower than um, than what we'd hoped, and and I, and I think two or three years ago, I used to have in the back of my mind because borrowers always like low interest rates, of course. And I had in the back of my mind, I'll be careful what you wish for because I wouldn't like to be in the economic environment where our borrowing costs had to drop more. Um, uh, but but here we are. We've we've got these dire economic outcomes because of COVID nineteen, and it's driven uh, mortgage rates down to incredibly low levels. And the the people I feel the worst for are people that you know rightly did their budgets ten years ago on on term deposits, uh, getting them there. Um, and thought, hey, well, if I get five percent, um, I'll 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 be able to make a nice income out of my savings. And and now um, that environment uh, has has completely gone. Uh, it's not what we expected when we were looking at forecasts five or ten years ago, but it is where we've got stuck, and it's and it's very hard for really conservative savers because these rates are so low. And 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 the only thing I can do is 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 warn people, well. Our forecasts suggest, and, and and the Reserve Bank's forecast suggests that this is the environment we're going to be in for a long time. And uh, although at 1.5% for a five-year term deposit, it seems amazing that it can get worse. I think it probably will, and we'll see um, we'll see these lower rates. So it's uh, very tough. It's crazy, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. And then um, you mentioned the word, the E word, election earlier. And so I suppose we've got the, the New Zealand election and then we've got sort of the, the US one, which is sort of certainly heating up. Like just let's touch a little bit closer to home here and potentially they're going to push the election out. But do you think, there's, does it really matter who, who wins from an economic point of view or is it just going to be the same? Have you got a, have you got a view there? I think both governments uh, realise uh, how 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 the government needs to work in this situation. It's just a question of where they direct their their, their spending. Um, you know, both both governments are of the school of thought that the right thing to do when an economy is in a uh, is in a hole is to is to run a deficit and um, and give support from the for the economy. I think the interesting thing now is we're still in in crisis mode. Um, and I, I, I think back to, to World War II when, um, you know, Churchill was the guy and then when they got out of crisis mode and they're into recovery mode, people changed their mind on what sort of prime minister uh, they, they wanted. And I, I think at the moment we are, we are right in the middle of crisis mode. So it's, it's a tough job for the opposition and uh, but but over the next couple of years that will all change and we'll get into recovery mode. So hopefully we see a reasonable amount of debate about that that recovery. But I think people's uh, thinking is in is in actually managing the situation here and uh, and now and that will be a big um, theme for our uh, for our election. But offshore, gee, um, I'm bracing for it to be a pretty ugly period of time in U.S. politics, and um, it's. Uh, Oh, it's just a continuation of the uh, of the of the last uh, three three years or so, where it's um it's just staggering to see some of the stuff that's that's going on. And but to a certain extent, in in the in the states, um, uh, 
beyond uh, Trump's personality, uh, their their vote will be a vote of confidence and 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 how they've managed COVID nineteen as as well. So uh, it's going to dominate. It's going to dominate both elections, I think. But hopefully, ours are a um, are a bit more pleasant and uh, reinforce the pl- the fact that we're in um, the right part of the world to live these days. Yeah, the US it's just the, it's the best reality TV show ever, isn't it? Like it's. Um the, the interview that Trump did was just off the chart, isn't it? And then, like, he's he's winning in all the polls, according to him. Then you look at the polls and he's miles behind. But um, it, it does, you can see, though, have you said it before, you know, if the share market's going forward, you know, um, unemployment's falling and stuff, he'll have he'll have quite a strong platform to, to talk about with some real, you know, staunch supporters of his. Yeah, and, and I think... Um in in his case, uh, and and probably in Nationals' case too, the uh, the uh, the the further away the elections are, the better, because the more you get into um, the recovery phase, and and hopefully, and uh, and the economic data becomes uh, really relevant. But uh, but right now, it's it's gone the opposite. And before COVID nineteen, I thought that the election would be hard for Trump to uh, to lose. Um, not that I agreed with uh, all of the things he was doing, but I just that's the way it pans out when the share market's going well and the unemployment rate is uh, incredibly low and you've got wage growth, which was the situation America was in um, nine months ago. But uh, now it's uh, it's all quite quite different. And uh, and here I think um, people are just so focused on managing COVID nineteen that um, yeah, the, the 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 shutdown we're in now will 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 impact people's moods uh, for for sure. But we're a long way away from talking about how to how to recover the economy and 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 how to bring the tourism sector back and those sorts of things while we're we're still in shutdown mode. So it's an interesting time. And do you think, just lastly, do you think the um, you know the fact that we've gone back into into lockdown potentially will you know obviously people's views or behaviours might change? You know, people be a bit more reticent to travel. People are reticent to go out and and spend money. Do you think that that potentially because you know after the first lockdown, everyone sort of got back to normal and it was a big relief. But do you think it might sort of slow because of the just just the sort of the sort of ah oh, here we go again? I think I think at the at the moment one of the challenges is to get people back into that mindset of 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 staying at home and being locked down. Um, I was a bit disappointed that um, that we didn't carry over more from the from the lockdown. You know, the congestion was just right back up there in in, in Auckland, um, and but we w- we were trying to work out how to deal with working from home versus working in the office, and uh, so I think we'll just be gently finding our way through it. But uh, but this is a bit of a reality check and. Uh, my brother lives in Melbourne. It's the same over there. I think it's really tough for people um, getting back into lockdown and just thinking, "Here we go again." Um, and how we come out the other side, I think, is a real function of of how successful this phase is and um, and how how long it lasts. And um, hopefully, it's uh, it's 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 shorter um, and and has a positive outcome rather than just drags on and on and on. Um, and 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 that's what I think will determine the behaviour shifts is just the length of time that we're uh, stuck in it. Oh, cool. Okay, we'll probably just leave it. Thank you, Chris. And uh, it's so sad that we can't do it in the studio with our with our friends over a, a bit of cheese and a cracker. But uh, uh, as always, great talking to you. Thanks for the insights. And uh, keep safe, be kind, and speak to you again soon. Okay, thanks, Jonathan. It's good talking with you too. Thanks for joining us today on the ASB Investment Podcast. If you have any thoughts on today's episode, or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss on future shows, please fire your suggestions through to 
podcasts at asb.co.nz. Thank you.